Welcome to Zach to the Future. I'm your co-host, Dash O'Driscoll, joined today by none other than the blonde Tom Cruise, Mark Paul Gosler. Hello, Mark Paul. Hello, Dashel. Wow, that what an introduction that was. Thank you. You know, I'm really working on it every week. I I have seven whole days. So as soon as this is done, I will begin working on next week's. You know, we've got quite an episode today, Mark Paul. It's uh this was referenced in the quiz from the first episode of the podcast, all the way back when. Uh, when I asked you to complete the line, Zach Morris is the blonde blank, and you knew it. Yeah, I did. Um, but I have a question for you, uh, Dash. What makes this an iconic episode? Because it's funny, I, I, I just watched this this morning for the very first time. Uh, and when we spoke about this episode last week, prior to mm-hmm. me watching it, you said, oh, well, that, it's an iconic episode. What, wh- why that label for this episode? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I found myself asking myself watching it. Like, why did I jump to it? I think one of the reasons is just, it kind of does so many of the Saved by the Bell things. It, it works on this like, oh, there's a dance at school, but there's also almost like a quasi, not quite supernatural, but like comic booky, like brainwashing kind of thing. And there's not quite a fantasy, but there's, it, it like, it it does all these like heightened say by the bell things, cartoony visuals, and it's it's just kind of like the full package of especially the first season of Say by the Bell, um, and it advances the Zach and Kelly plot to an extent, which is kind of the main, I think, only real real story that that follows through the whole time. So, well, I wouldn't call it an, an advancement, <laughs> and we'll get to that as as we as we uh, watch this uh, this episode together. But I. I I I really did not see an advancement between Zach and Kelly. I you know they say two steps forward, one step back. I was just thinking um, that. Yeah, I think it's one step forward, yeah. two steps back. Listen, <laughs> is the glass half full or half empty? I don't know, but how dare you? One of those versions is stepping forward more than you're stepping backwards. It's fine. Well, we'll look. We've got so many more. Just episodes. depends on how you look at life. I'm not sure it does on the steps you know? thing. The glass, sure, but <laughs> uh, but yeah. So your <laughs> was your viewing when would you say it, it fit the iconic or was that too much hype? Did I did I build this up too much? It's not iconic, and you're you built it up yeah, too okay. much. You built it up yeah. too much. I really enjoyed this episode. Okay. I, I thought it was a lot of fun, <laughs> um, but I, I I you know this wasn't one of those that I thought. Oh my god, I'll remember this one forever. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I. I, I, in some ways, I guess we can we can get into it when we do. But it, it felt almost like a sister episode to Fatal Distraction in some ways, just because it kind of flipped the whole dance thing. There'll be a lot of dances at Bayside, Mark Paul. Spoiler alert: uh, you will be attending many dances by the time this this podcast is done. Uh, well, sorry for building it up too much, but I'm glad you still enjoyed it. But listen, it may it may be built up for some of you know our one fan out there. They they may uh, write us on Twitter and and, yeah. and tell us how much they enjoyed this and how how meaningful this episode was. But for me, I I was questioning hmm. your label as being iconic. Yeah, okay, that's um, fair. While I was watching this, and and I just wanted to let you know. And yet you knew the blonde Tom Cruise thing. So it like the the episode, first of all, thank you for letting me know. Uh, but like the episode has like had like a big cultural, like, like the blonde Tom Cruise thing had reached your shores, even though you have not seen the show ever. Uh, so in some, you know, clearly I'm, it's a, how about this? It's a fan favorite. <laughs> Does that work for you? Okay. You know, that, that works. And great. you are the, and you are the fan. I'm the fan. Yeah, it's one of my favorites as as a fan. You know, there's lots of talk about Dashiell. So let's just, just get into yeah, the episode uh, so we can we actually I, we can actually discuss it. I'm itching to get into it. So the summary, just in case you didn't watch, here it is. It's the guy's turn to ask the girls to a dance. Kelly's undecided between Slater and Zach. Screech is unsuccessfully pursuing Lisa, and everyone's loving the new song by Bo Revere. After learning about subliminal messages in class, Zach plants messages in a Beach Boys tape for Belding 
to get him off the hook for a parent conference that would ground him for the dance. It worked so well, Zack and Screech put subliminal messages on a bunch of Beau Revere tapes belonging to the girls at Bayside to guide them towards a dance date. It works until the girls catch on. To teach Zack a lesson, they pretend to play the subliminal recording over the school PA, producing a mob of zombie lovers for Zack, making him confess in Belding's office. And that's the Zack tapes. And just like that, we are in Act 1. It's the Halls of Bayside. And uh, you get your banner there in the hall to let everyone know it's, it's yet another dance. Look at that, the sweetheart dance. So, Mark Paul, what are your thoughts on your hair as we begin this? Because uh, I'm, I'm sure you have some. Uh, yeah, this was in the, um, the visor uh, phase, as I like to call it, uh, where there's a lot of things happening up front, almost like a cotton candy spun woven thing. I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I, I must not have had any close friends. Um, <laughs> no close friends in the hair and makeup department. <laughs> no, one, no one was giving me uh, any sort of uh, constructive criticism at this point. Uh, they were just letting me to my own devices. Uh, but there's a lot of product in my hair. A lot of product in all three of your hair as we uh, look at Mario and Tiffany as well. Like Mario's hair, what's going on? Like the, that real profile is, that's an aggressive hairline on the back. Well, you know, we, we do a lot of talking about Zach's hair, but Mario, we, we, we found out, um, I believe it was earlier this year, possibly late last year. I did a Comic-Con with uh, Mario and we did a Q and a, and, uh, his hair was permed. Um, and we found out that, uh, his mother and possibly his aunt were the ones that permed it. So sometimes you would see these tight little curls and sometimes you would see Mm. looser, uh, curls on top as the perm was sort of, you know, releasing itself. Right. Um, but yeah, we, the perm was, was going from whence it came. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's pretty funny that the two boys uh, on, uh, on, on, on the show, uh, there was so much emphasis on their hair. And Dustin was au naturel. Yeah. Um, those were his, his uh, beautiful little locks, curls. Um, but uh, his, his was natural. Yeah, I think that fits with character. I think Zach and Slater would both be, you know, wanting their hair to be looking good. And Screech probably not so much. Or wouldn't care as much. So in this episode, we're giving these medallions, these necklaces. Uh, it's like a reverse yeah. Sadie Hawkins. So flipping um, from Fatal Distraction. And which seems kind of, um, it's like, isn't, isn't that, so if Sadie Hawkins is like the exception, then isn't other dances like guys just ask the girls? And the hard thing feels like a bit much, but uh, you know, it's fun. It's fun. The show is supposed to be fun. You know, I noticed Slater gives Kelly his heart necklace that, uh, she seems very excited about it. She's she's contempt with it. Mm. Um, less so with uh, Zach. Uh, I, I'm, maybe I'm reading into things, hmm. but th- that was my reaction watching <laughs> this, that be. she was very, uh, very happy when Slater gave his heart um, and not so much with me or Zach. Sorry. And it upsets you to see her so happy. It, uh, it, it hurts you to see her happy with someone else is what I'm taking away from Still that. Still to this day. Yeah, still, okay, well, as long as you're holding on to it and we'll never let go, then we have plenty of stuff to talk about on this podcast, so thank you. Um, so Kelly is, um, again, she's undecided. It seems like there's a lot of Kelly's undecided that I'm sort of picking up on as we rewatch this, and Fatal Distraction, it was a dance, and Beauty and the Screech, it was who to give her tickets to, and Dancing to the Max, it's who to be her dance partner. Uh, just a, a big thing that has been, emerged to me at least as a clear pattern of Kelly just can't make up her mind. She couldn't make up her mind last week in the election. And then Lisa comes into the hallway playing Beau Revere. Now, 
it's funny that yeah. in the reboot, we bring up uh, Bo Revere. And I remember filming that scene going, who the fuck is Bo Revere? Like I had no, I had, right. <laughs> I could not for the life of me think like that was in our show. Like, is, is this the only time we ever talk about Bo Revere? Yes. And I'm glad, um, I'm, I, I forgot there was even a Bo Revere boy. Oh boy. I can't wait to watch the reboot with everyone next this month. It's November. Um, because I, I forgot there was a Beau Revere reference even in it. That was so long ago. But yes, uh, this is the only Beau Revere mention in all of Say by the Bell. And I did a little bit of a little bit of a dive because someone had to record this song, right? I mean, it, it is a song. So Beau Revere is, in fact, Scott Gale, who did the main title theme, and his composing partner, Rich Ames. Uh, Rich Ames, traditionally a jazz musician. Picked that up off the Rich Ames website. But his biggest career highlight would be 11 years on Saved by the Bell. So including the new class and college years, all the movies, everything. He worked with Scott Gale on over 250 episodes, uh, doing all the genres that they'd have to do, depending on what the episode's called for. Um, And this song, Don't Leave With Your Love, is featured on the Saved by the Bell soundtrack. So that's who Bo Revere is. It's Scott Gale. It's the dude who did the theme song and his recording partner. And I'll tell you, whenever it comes on, kids just need to move. Kids got it. Yeah, it's like they don't even dance. They just it's, it's like they're being uh, like shocked by electricity. They just got to kind of kind of gyrate their bodies a little bit wherever they are. So we've been watching this show for what fourteen episodes now. Uh, there's no locks on these lockers. Hmm. That 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 never happened in real life, did it? No, I mean, I I certainly my my school experience involved locks on lockers. Um, maybe it's the. Uh, I mean, you know, the boring reason is it's because they kind of always need to be accessing these things, but uh, maybe like rich people are more comfortable just leaving stuff unlocked. They're less like concerned about protecting their valuables, if that makes sense. Uh, and Bayside seems to be an affluent community. But then you get people like Screech putting shit in your locker and who wants that? Yeah, I mean, not me and certainly not Lisa. You would think at the very least, like if you had a stalker, you would take extra precautions. So Lisa would probably at a certain point learn to lock her belongings and yeah take take extra measures and that balloon is is just um the balloon screech plants in the locker it is really fun to me because it it you know they only made one of those for that shot i mean it's i, I can't even imagine what art department was like trying to get it's a really good caricature looks like you know a theme park drawing um but they only had one shot i would imagine it's a it's a fun fun little gag I don't think they did it in one shot. I think we had a, a multiple, uh, just in case something went wrong. You think they have backup balloons? I think so. And what I wouldn't pay for one of those balloons now. Yeah, I'm sure that would be, that would, yeah, we've mentioned you have like some some props hanging out in storage. Yeah, maybe they, you know what? I'm being dumb. I'm being a, I'm being a, a rube, as they say, outside of Hollywood <laughs> um, or in Hollywood. Yeah, they probably just printed that. I was picturing someone like hand drawing the balloon, but they probably had it like professionally printed. Um, and just made like a bunch of them. That would probably be the way to do it. Yeah, but even if they hand drew them, it would be that person's one job to do all week. So they could do yeah. multiples because that's their job. That's the, I always forget that people need those jobs. Right. That's a that's a great. I just write the dumb stuff, and then someone has to make the balloons. You're so you're so right, Mark Paul. But there really isn't any props that I that I kept from Say by the Bell, and that, and that's one of my big regrets is that I don't have hmm. props from from the show. Yeah. Um, I, I like I said I, I have a few posters and and uh, some framed photos and things that that I don't know how they got into my possession. They were probably given to my mother, and my mother put them <laughs> in my storage unit. Um, but you know, and I, they, we just weren't sentimental at this point. In, 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 at 
15, 16 years old. Uh, not the same experience that I had when I did NYPD Blue and some of the other things that I've been on. Even on Mixed Dish right now, I'm I'm hoarding props that we use uh, yeah. just because it's fun. Um, yeah, on on on, on uh, NYPD Blue, if if they hadn't bolted down the desk, I probably would have taken my desk with me because <laughs> uh, I, I I took I took handcuffs and and notepads and a lamp. Uh, that was on my desk and a lamp. Oh yeah, yeah. Was it just? Did you like the lamp, or was it like a sentimental lamp? Were you like, "This is a cool lamp. I want this lamp." It was just. It was just because <laughs> it was part of the show. It wasn't even like no, no, no yeah. thought. Just take it. <laughs> just in storage somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Like Indiana Jones, it's just like collecting yeah. dust. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, good. That's fun. I wonder. Uh, I hope the. I hope the kids on the reboot are um, more sentimental and more aware of of holding on to the the cool little props that are around, and because they say you. Like you'll always have the memories, but your your proof you won't. You might not always have the memories, so take some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so like Zach's whole chance at the dance is in jeopardy if Belding talks to his mother and she finds out about his like many many devious acts. But Belding doesn't refer to my mother right as my mother. Yeah, he says, uh, you know, I can't wait to see my favorite California girl, right. your mommy. Yeah. I I I I must say, uh, Dashville, that uh, I I felt triggered hmm. as as my my kids tell me that that's the lingo they use when um, you know things aren't going their way. I I I felt that I I, I was like, hey, dude, it, it, have a little respect. Yeah, building. Yeah, he's playing a playing a little chin music, as they say in the ring. You know, just throwing a couple of punches right in right in there. About your mom, no less. <laughs> uh, and he also, it's worth noting, he he sings the Beach Boys. And I could not help but wonder how much money NBC had to pay to use Beach Boys music in their show. Because even if you don't play the music, and Mark Paul, I know you're well aware, but in case you're listening and you aren't aware of this fun production fact, you got to pay Mike Love and Brian Wilson <laughs> just to say the words to the tune. Yeah, And they had just done that last week with Good Vibrations which Mr. Dewey kind of gives like a good, good, good vibrations, which is like right on the line. But I'm sure legal had a, raised a note like, guys, we got to, I mean, unless NBC owned the rights at the time, I, I tried to look into it. Apparently Mike Love and Brian Wilson have been fighting for years about rights. And uh, so it's kind of a murky topic, but yeah, I'm curious how much NBC actually paid for it. And we're in the classroom for Miss Wentworth. She's back. Uh, if you recall, Carol Lawrence from the Lisa card. Um, Broadway legend. Original cast member on West Side Story. Um, and she will be back one more time, Mark Paul. This is not the last time you'll see Miss Wentworth. It's also worth noting here, the subliminal ads. She's, so she's teaching them about subliminal ads. Just a, a teeny tiny brief history. Uh, James Vickery is largely credited as the man for who discovered subliminal advertising in 1957. He flashed drink Coca-Cola and eat popcorn for one two thousandth of a second during a movie, and popcorn sales went up 58%, and Coca-Cola went up 18%. Uh, so he figured it out. He figured out how to sell people more crap they might not even want just with subliminal ads. It's a, it's a real thing. And it also seems like a dangerous thing to teach teenagers. <laughs> I'll, I'll point that. To teach them it works uh, seems dangerous. Especially Zach Morris. I will say, seeing all those ads up there, I don't care if they're, I, it made me want to go, it made me want to be in a movie theater. I will say that. Just seeing popcorn made me go like, wow, haven't, haven't been in one of those in a while. So she claims that this cassette player 
um, mm-hmm. can isolate music and voices. Yeah. Um, I'm calling her bluff. It's bullshit. Uh, I think she's just a really good, uh, it's total bullshit. I think yeah. she's just a good actor and she's like manipulating buttons that don't exist on that cassette player. And it's funny because while I was watching this, I was, I had to actually Google, I immediately thought of it as a tape recorder and I'm like, hey, that it can't be a tape recorder because a tape recorder is a thing that you record with that has tape in it. Lisa almost had more of a tape recorder in the hall. Right. Like her thing yes. looked a little bit more tape recordery. Right. Yeah. So then I was like, it's a boom box. And then I thought, no, see, I'm aging myself there. Is that what these, these hmm. kids nowadays are calling? And actually, they do call them a boom box. I, I went into this deep dive on the internet. Uh, thank you, Google. Were you out in the neighborhood asking kids again, just <laughs> yelling out, out a car window <laughs> what they call things? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, also found out, uh, I remember this term as well, but ghetto black. Yes, a term that I have not looked into thoroughly, but I would imagine uh, has roots in racism <laughs> to, to disparage the noise coming from, uh, from those darn kids. But here's a little fun note uh, that I thought while I was doing this investigative work about a cassette player, but yeah. uh, the first ever boombox was the uh, Norelco made in Holland. Hmm. Uh, it was by Phillips of the Netherlands. And me being a Dutch Indonesian, uh, I was like, yay, go, go Dutch. I was, I had the same question though about like how she, they, they'd gloss over the tech very quickly. Like, yeah, I'll just turn the vocal track down. Like you're not in the studio. This isn't like a mixer. This is like, it's a, if anything, there's two tape slots on a, on that boom box. You could like record from tape to tape, but I don't think you could even play both tapes at the same time. Like it's just bogus, but you know, they thought we, they thought we wouldn't know. And then we get into Zach's room and there's three sort of cassette apparatus things that will basically mm, yeah. allow me to put a subliminal message onto a um, a tape that I'm going to play for belding. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but uh, it seems like Dustin has trouble saying hidden messages. And then he does this thing that he's like, he adjusts or wipes his mouth, just like, Hmm. manipulating his mouth in some way. And I, I was trying to think like, if I remember, did he have a retainer? Was he, did it come loose? Did he have, remember those things I was talking to you about, about the, uh, if you had missing teeth that you kind of put a, uh, they were called flippers back then. Yeah. There was like a guy in Hollywood giving all the kids flippers. Right. Of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dr. <laughs> Smith. And, yeah. um, uh, I noticed in a previous episode that there was uh, that that Dustin had a tooth missing, um, mm. uh, and I thought, well, maybe maybe they we we gave him a flipper and the thing wasn't sitting right or or whatnot. Mm. But I, I I would love to know what he was doing with his mouth. It, I, yeah, I wonder if we'll still see that in later seasons. Um, I'm curious to know if maybe it was like just some kind of adolescent body thing, you know? Saliva was producing more that week. So I'm making this subliminal me- subliminal message. I'm having trouble saying subliminal message. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing this so that Belding doesn't meet my mother. But do we ever meet my mother? Yeah, you do. So you will meet your mother. She has some some pretty pretty great appearances in the show. Really? And yeah, you yeah you congratulations. You have a mom on Say by the Bell, and we see her. Uh, as well as your dad, you will you will also be running into your dad not too long from now. Yeah, um, I, no, I yeah. kind of remember my dad and the his look. I th- I think if I remember correctly, wasn't he on Good Morning Miss Bliss? Was your dad on Good Morning Miss Bliss? That's a good question. I don't all the way know. I don't all the way yeah. remember if we ever see your dad on Good Morning Miss Bliss. I mean, Haley Mills was like the adult, and Haley Mills and Belding were the adults for sure, and also Milo and 
God, I forget her name, but uh, Miss Bliss's friend. Going to get dragged on Twitter for that one. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm not sure we ever see the parents on Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Also, a quick little thing on your whole thing of like, Screech has like every tape recorder at the store laid out on Zach's bed. I would have just moved you guys over to the computer. I would have just had you guys on the computer doing some kind of like, because suddenly then it's like, ah, the technology to do this is on Zach's computer. And that makes sense. Uh, although maybe even that was more fantastical that that computers could do like vocal processing like that. But it just seems like silly. Like, like just because you have a bunch of tape recorder, I don't know. <laughs> so on uh, Zach's third subliminal message, uh, he says, Zach Morris is a fine human being. And I don't know if you caught this, but someone in the audience loudly says, oh my goodness. <laughs> and I thought that that was, I, I had to rewind that a few times. I thought it was so hilarious. And, and you're, I, you're, you're told not to, to say anything when you're in the audience, by the right. way. You can laugh. Yeah. You can you can gasp. You can you know. I guess they could do some of those uh, cat calls when uh, when Slater walks in. Um, hmm. But uh, to actually <laughs> say something, don't That's go a- there, Dashwell. I know what you were going to say oh, about okay. the whole Slater thing. Yeah, I won't, um, I won't go to the place you just went. <laughs> but you're not but supposed to, to say actually words. say. Yeah, yeah, you're not supposed to say words. And I, I clearly hear, "Oh my goodness!" That's so funny. Like, why? Why that? Oh, like uh, that's that seems like an odd moment to. To pick your your time to exclaim. Well, she must not think Zach Morris is a f- fine human being. Maybe somebody related to you. Maybe she thought back in the '90s already that Zach Morris was trash. Right, that is true. I did have my my ancestors were were roaming these streets in the '80s, so you're <laughs> you'd be correct. They, one of them got to a taping. <laughs> uh, we also get a little bit more of um, you know Zach just being not so nice to Screech here, like verbally and physically abusive, and it's it's kind of jarring now to watch, but also like I feel like it's not. I feel like it's actually pretty realistic for actual friendships in high school and stuff. Like there'll be friends who just kind of like pick on each other. Like there'll there'll be kind of an upper hand friend sometimes, or I don't know. Like I've, I feel like I've seen, I remember seeing stuff like this. So it's not that it's kind of accurate, even if it's played for laughs. Yeah. It makes me very uncomfortable to see some of the, some of the things that I did to Dustin. I I think I, I, I took pleasure in it Hmm, uh, at that age that I got to hit another human being. Sure. Um, but uh, it makes me uncomfortable to watch that now. And, and there's a few uh, in this episode, and I'll, we'll, we'll definitely point those out. Um, and we're back in the halls of Bayside. Uh, Zach, you know, given building the tape. Lisa in her, like, second of three fantastic full denim outfits. <laughs> um, and this, this giant trash can prop is so... It's, I keep using it. I realize I've used the word fun so much in this podcast. Gosh darn it, Mark Paul, I'm going to use it again. The giant trash can is very fun. It's a fun little, like, we talked about building the balloon like it was someone's job all week. Someone also had to make a big old trash can for treat, for Screech to, like, scoot around in. Uh, and I love it. But before we get to the trash can, who is this jacked dude in the background? And he's, <laughs> he's, he's obviously oh flexing his bicep right there. Yeah. He's, like, almost doing a pull-up kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And is this a grown man? Like, who is this guy? Is this the first time we've seen him? He looks new to me. I mean, I've I've certainly started to, I've become more and more aware of recurring background artists. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, that's an adult guy. Maybe he's like an undercover uh, narcotics officer or something at the <laughs> at the school. Like maybe he's there. Like maybe that was like a, a third show. Peter Engel was trying to get off the ground, like like kid cop or something. And again, look at Slater and Kelly just talking like BFFs. Right. They're just smiling. Yeah. So you you really think that I have a shot or I mean, Zach has a shot with Kelly 
uh, in, yeah, in mean, later episodes. I mean, this is actually going to happen, huh? Because I don't see it. It's 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 going to happen. I, I promise you it will. It's going to happen soon, too. I mean, it, it's certainly coming up. Um, you guys will, yeah, you'll you'll have a a not again like actually typical of high school relationship. There will be there will be ons and offs again, uh, and you know, spoiler alert: you guys get married in Vegas yeah. <laughs> as you as one of the few memories you have. You go to you're actually married in Las Vegas. I mean, because I just I just look at Slater and Kelly, and I think that that's a normal relationship. They're just sitting there and having a conversation, and right. everything that Zach does is is abnormal to me. Yeah, it's um, it's as- and, ob- and ob- ob- obnoxious. It's just like I, I look at him, I go, God, dude, quit, quit, you know, act like you've been there before. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, borderline like personality disorder that he like can't let two people be happy without him. <laughs> he needs to like just go in there and like throw a bomb on their happiness, so like he can like get his, but you know, it's all in the name of a uh, true love in high school or whatever. Um, just going back to, uh, the technology of this all on tapes, um, do, like kids probably have zero clue what a, you know, what a tape is or that thing with a pencil where you'd have to like rewind the tape and get the tape material back in. Um, Belding says the line, the reason he takes Zach's tape is his Beach Boys tape is old. And when you think about music and degradation of quality on like vinyl, like tapes would get worn out. You could wear a tape out from listening to it too much. Something kids today will just have no idea ever about. Like an MP3 doesn't lose quality as you listen to it for 10 years. Uh, but a tape you would play over and over and over would. I remember those days. Do you remember one of your first tapes that you got? Oh man, I have one of my first tapes that I got. I, I remember like going a lot through my parents, my parents and my older sisters like tape collection. So it was kind of like they're, I would just kind of get like the scraps of like what was around the house and stuff. But I remember the first, I really remember the first CD I bought, which was Beck's Odelay. Mm. That's the first like compact disc I bought. But as far as tapes, I would just kind of like get what was around the house. And we would also like tape stuff off the radio. I remember calling Kiss FM as a child in Los Angeles to ask them to play a song so I could tape it from the radio. That was how you would acquire music. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the original downloading. Yeah. I used to have one of those uh, tape recorders, like the one that Lisa had. And and I would, I would. Yeah record my voice and act like I was a, a, a you know, newscaster. Um, and then also I had one of those uh, yellow Walkman that was uh, waterproof. Yeah. Oh, totally. Waterproof. Yeah. And oh yeah. Those were really cool. I remember the, the one that I probably, the, the, the tape that I wore out the most uh, was probably the Beastie Boys licensed to L. That was my other CD. Like I, I shared that with my sister. Like we like, she, I think she bought that at the same time and I would listen to that a ton, but again, on CD, not, not tape. I was, I was all the, the generation gap had already expressed itself. I was listening to it on a, on a digital medium. So Slater, um, gives Kelly his heart medallion because he says that Zach won't yeah. be able to make it to the dance. Um, I, I, I just want to say again, I'm going to point this out that, uh, Kelly looks way too happy to be going to the dance with Slater. There is absolutely zero remorse <laughs> or sympathy, um, for good old Zach. You just want to crawl back. Oh my yeah. God. You just wanted to be like, no, Slater, I couldn't possibly like that. Well, that. just a little like oh hesitation. She doesn't a even hesitate something. for just a, something. I mean, she just walks off huge smile on her face. Uh, doesn't even look back. Yeah. She's putting distance between herself and a, and a criminal who's, <laughs> who's kicking a trash can. Uh, also the, the, I did notice the audience though says they kind of go like, oh, when Kelly goes with Slater, like they, they are aligned with your perspective. So the audience felt your pain in that moment and they, are sad to see Kelly going with this um, 
this nice young not criminal. <laughs> And we're in Belding's office. Uh, he's listening. I remember those headphones too. Like it feels like so much of this stuff is just gone and will never come back. Uh, with like the little metal band. Like I don't remember why that was a thing. The the quality was horrible. Uh, total dog shit. Yeah. Like it was. It's so funny now <laughs> to really think about how bad sound quality was and how like you can buy like a twenty dollar waterproof speaker on Amazon. Bluetooth and it sounds incredible. <laughs> um, and we were all listening to junk. And I'm sure the only reason I was able to hear that that audience member in you know say, "Oh my goodness," is because I'm wearing noise canceling uh, mm. AirPods. Right. That that I I could hear almost everything. Yeah. And I'm sure if I was wearing those shitty headphones that Belding's wearing, I never would have caught it. Totally. Yeah. These like absolute garbage, garbage headphones. But we're so we're in his his office. I just want to point out that uh, the the background is 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 not the same as um, in previous episodes. There's there's different things behind him. There's the, the picture frame of of his wife has been replaced with what looks to be his parents. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It's a different set behind him. Maybe because his favorite California girl was coming in for a meeting, he wants to hide the misses and like project a. Nice single Ooh. man thing going here, you know? I'm not tied down. Sure, I have. So Belding's trying to fuck my mother. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, okay. I'm I'm to say that. Yeah, I'm going to say that's canon. Okay. Um, but again, he's singing California singing Girls. It. Yeah, like this. So how much money? Oh my God, yeah. I cannot yeah. even, I just, I mean, again, you know this certainly better than I do, but like it, if you wrote that in a script, it would get flagged so quickly before it went anywhere. It's like, Guys, no. Just that's why that's why the song is Beau Revere because it was it was a, essentially a free song. Not only could they use it, they could sell it. Um, it is so peculiar to me that they went with like there. There must be some kind of story here of how they secured those rights to sing it on TV. And just to give our audience who who don't know like what what reference for how much money? Sure, yeah, please. This that- could be anywhere from like. On on things that I've worked with, um, when I did The Passage, we had a great soundtrack on that show. Um, And you would pay close to like anywhere from $10,000 to possibly $60,000 to just use a drop. Yeah. Um, So this could fall somewhere in that in in that range. Uh, I I doubt that they would be above like forty thousand, but but that's that's a crazy amount of money just to get to this joke and or this setup. Um, and yeah, it can be, and that's also for like, when you say that, that's for any licensed music. If you're talking about like the Beach Boys and the Beatles and like the Rolling Stones, the fee goes through the roof. It is, it is a tremendous number. So yeah, it's, it's maybe it just, maybe it wasn't a fever pitch like that in 89. Maybe it was just a little fast and loose with the laws and rules. And you know, Zach, uh, Zach's plan works, right? It's, it's a good, fun plan. And this whole thing with building, I mentioned it earlier. It's not a fantasy. I mean, he's living this. But it has the same energy of these fantasies, right? Where like things are just kind of happening in um, heightened beyond any kind of normal ways. Uh, how quickly this all this all unfolds, all the way to building like giving him money, <laughs> giving him money to have a good time at the dance. Also, Zach Morris, the politician, just being presented with facts and just saying like, "No, I don't, I don't believe those." And <laughs> and Belding just says, oh, "Okay." I always like the scenes with Belding. Yeah. I do remember it was it was fun to work with Dennis because he was a very giving actor and and uh, he he was always trying to make things better. Um, and he was a professional. Yeah, no, he uh, he he really he really nails it. I'm I, I we we talk about it every time he's in a scene, but I'm they they are in many ways my 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 favorite 
uh, scenes on this this rewatch. So I noticed now you're like head nods and eyebrow bumps. Like th- those felt intentional. You kind of called them out last week as being almost like a, not like a tick, but kind of like a in like you blinked instead of winked kind of thing. It, I thought like the Zach Morris eyebrow bumps are very like on character, you know, like they're, he's mischievous, but cool. Like what did, what were your thoughts? I know you're very critical of your own kind of acting in a lot of ways. Well, <laughs> I watched it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's there. I, I I don't quite know what I'm doing. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know, Dashiell. I, I, I pointed it out the it's last cool. episode. I, I, you, do you, you think it's cool? Yeah. Then it's cool. I would imagine on mixed dish, you're not like bumping your eyebrows after like you finish a scene. But like back then, as a as Zach Morris, it's like that's he's you know he's a cool kid who's like up to mischief. It's it's fun. I'm encouraging you to embrace. Wow, I can't believe I'm encouraging you to embrace the fun. I thought it was going to go the other way on this whole uh, this whole journey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll I'll embrace the fun. And attack two. So we're in the max. I just want to say that the, the the guy with the jacked arms, the jacked dude, he's there. He's we mm-hmm. get it. You have big biceps. Move on. Yeah, sir. Adult man, sir. And the audience loves the nerds. It's worth again. I think we mentioned it, but very much like built off the revenge of the nerds um, image of nerds, as well as like the laugh uh, from oh Gilbert. Yeah, I think Gilbert's his name. Um, like Gilbert's kind of laugh here. Uh, Feels very much off yeah, the Yeah, Robert 80s. Carradine. Robert Carradine. There we go. Yeah. The, his actual name. <laughs> um, not Gilbert. Yeah, and we also get the return of Chiron's, like lower third uh, title sequences, only this time in hot neon pink, which is great choice. Looks, it really pops on the screen. So I'm not 100% sure, but Edgar walks up to this blonde girl, and I believe her name was Shonda Whipple. Yeah. And uh, if it is Shonda Whipple, um, we were child actors, and I, uh, my family was close with her family, and um, we, I, I'm not sure if we did commercials together, but it was a close c- community when you were a child actor because you would see the same people at these auditions, and sometimes you'd do, you know, two to three auditions a day uh, after school. Um, but yeah, I almost want to say that I did a, like a whammo commercial with Shonda. I, I don't, I don't know. That is so interesting that you just like, you were like, holy crap, that's Shonda. Like, or you, you believe it's Shonda. I mean, it, I, I'll take your word for it. Why not? Uh, not credited though, but that's, that's so interesting. I, she actually stood out to me because I thought like, did girls dress like that to go to eat a burger in 1989? She seems like very like done up. I mean, I know it's a TV show. I'm aware these are costumes. Thank you, folks. It's a stereotype. Like, like she's kind of like a like blonde, like um, fashionable valley girl kind of thing. Right. That or like, is that how you read it? Yeah, of course. It's a stereotype. It's a, you know, yeah. she's, she's, yeah. Right. He's, yeah, he's, a, he's a nerd. She's like a, I mean, whatever, like Dashel, a cool, popular to, girl. Sure. To I guess, throw yeah. that back at you. Is this how nerds dressed? I mean, come on. Where are yeah. I mean, certain, certainly. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, oh, thank you. I forgot how TV works. <laughs> I thought this was a documentary. <laughs> Jesus. Oh <my> God. <laughs> but I just want to point out that Alan is my favorite nerd. He's really funny. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's certainly a scene stealer and, and Bennett kind of alluded to Bennett Tramer, who was on a few weeks ago, the writer alluded to how like, you kind of write these people and they, they, they start emerging as recurring characters. And yeah, I can see why Alan got, got jokes over and over. He's, he's a really funny guy. Also weird. The nerds are named Edgar and Alan. I thought that, you know, as like Edgar Allan Poe, uh, I thought that was just like an odd, that must've been on purpose, right? Like that doesn't just happen to write Edgar Allan on the page. I'm not sure. You don't know. You don't know. You're not on the page. Okay. Oh, the, uh, the, you know, I, I leave that to you. You're, you're in that squad. You're in the writer squad. 
All right, I forgot. Shit. Uh, okay, I'm gonna make a ruling then and say it was an accident. <laughs> and then later they were like, uh, "It was on purpose." That's usually I feel like how it works. And then the third nerd is Wendell, and I thought it was pretty interesting that he his the girl that he uh, gave the subliminal tape to uh, refers to him as master. And uh, yeah. the first thing in that that came to my head is is anyone watching The Vow on HBO? Yeah, as soon as I heard master, it did like, Ugh, yeah, icky, icky, icky. And another smack from Zach Morris. Yeah, he just can't help but wallop Screech. This plan is also nuts. Like, Screech had to go to the record store and, like, buy a bunch of Beau Revere tapes. And, like, this is, like, so out of control. How much is this costing? Tapes were not cheap. (laughs) Like, how much is Zach dropping on this plan? Yeah, but I was a privileged kid from the Palisades. That's true, yeah. Yeah, your dad sold computers. You You were doing okay. And I'm, tr- I'm losing track even at this point of how many times like the boys have invaded the girls' locker room. It'll keep happening. It never stops happening on this show. But Screech is great as, uh, as Barbara Bush. <laughs> Another Bush reference. I laughed out loud. I, I laughed out loud when Dustin uh, said the line, I don't have one, when oh. uh, Jesse said you need a uniform. I thought his, his line read was brilliant. Um, Hat off to uh, to Dustin on that one. Yeah, he leans into it. It's really funny. And did you notice, Dashiell? Did you notice, Dashiell, that Jesse is wearing her own heart? Huh. I did not notice that. Wow. Very progressive. She will not be. She will not be held down by any man. And again, I'm going to throw it out there. Where are the locks for these lockers? Well, again, you gotta like. There's almost like a code of trust in a locker. But yeah, you would you would lock your shit up. But it's uh, just going back again to Bennett's thing of like no baby steps. That was Peter Engel's like note of like, we don't need to see them having the plan and thinking of it and it works. It, it really, like we did not need to see a scene of the girls listening to the music. We just are in the next scene and they're brainwashed. It's, it is the no baby steps thing, which is, um, it's good to keep the story moving that fast when you can. So Je- uh, Kelly's listened to the tape and now she throws Slater's uh, heart pendant on the ground. Yeah, And then uh, she's going to the dance with me. Yeah. And you're feeling pretty good about that. I'm guessing Mark Paul is the viewer. <laughs> you're I, like, yeah, this I, is what's supposed to happen. Yeah. I don't know what to, I don't know what to feel at this point. Um, I feel bad for Slater. Yeah. Uh, you know, he kind of just like, it's like a dog with his tail tucked between his legs. He just kind of scampers off, picks up his little heart thing off the ground and scampers off. That's not easy to play as an actor. Yeah. You know, Slater's just marching straight to the weight room to lift the heaviest shit ever with that adult cop who goes to their school. <laughs> and yeah, more screeching lockers, almost like he left the girl's locker and took like a, a special locker tunnel to, to this locker. I want that shirt that Screech is wearing. It's cool. It's a cool shirt. I don't think we thought it was cool back then because it was definitely a Screech shirt. Is is like for nerds. Yeah, yeah. But that is yeah. a cool shirt. Totally. Did you catch when Lisa whips Screech <laughs> around by his heart medallion? And yeah, we we have it paused here. It's so fun. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to. The, the, the audience is gonna have to rewind this a few times and 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 let us yeah, know please, what you see. But please do. She whips him so hard that Screech seems to face plant the locker. And nobody reacts to it, which makes me think that it wasn't in the script, that it was Dustin. Right. If it was in the script, you would have known to like- React to it. it you would have known it was a thing. Right. Yeah, and, totally. and no one reacts to it. And I think Dustin would do this quite a bit, but he was so good at physical comedy. And I think this was ad-libbed by him. I think he thought <laughs> of this on his own. And I, I, I loved yeah. it. I mean, I, I rewound this part a few times. Um, 
But yeah, him taking a face plant in the locker is comedy gold. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> physical, physical comedy never fails. Uh, and we're in the max, and Max has a whole like new outfit. I don't think we've seen this. Like, he almost looks like he works at like an ice cream uh, shop or something. He like does not. It's really. It's what's it called? Um, I want to say milk counter. That's not. That's nowhere near correct. I get what you're saying though. <laughs> I get you. Do you think it's just for the gag? Yeah. It's, oh, it's it's all for the it's all for the bow tie gag. hundred percent. Yeah. They were like, look, we're gonna do the bow tie gag, so he's gonna be in his. Oh my god, it's gonna drive me nuts. Why I can't think what these what the word I'm trying to say. I'll I'll remember it tomorrow. I will call you. You won't pick up. It'll be great. This is <laughs> in, in this scene. You know, we have the three girls. I, I I must admit the the only thing I saw during this scene was the the Jack dude in the background talking to another oh my dude. God. And I was just like, yeah. what are they talking about? So then I just created this whole narrative in my head. And, you know, I was thinking like, he's, he's sitting there. Maybe that, that guy in the blue shirt is his dealer, uh, you know, and that's where he's getting his performance huh. enhancing drugs. And he's like, you know, talking to him like, so how, oh, okay. how, how many times should I cycle through this? And, you know, I should, should I be taking this on top of that? I would just love to know what. Like his HGH dealer. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he got so enormously swole in uh before his body had even completed puberty uh yeah you're that that makes sense sure but maybe maybe he's a he's a uh, a background uh artist from uh the earlier episodes mm-hmm. and he's been on this program from you know from his dealer right and now he's that size in episode 14 right and there was going to be like an episode about it but it got cut for one reason or another or just shop and never aired yeah that makes sense Oh man, yeah. Alan in his little nerd outfit on his like date is so funny. He's my favorite. <laughs> and Jesse has an idea and we get like that that cartoony light bulb effect. I mean, you really see they like they threw so much into this episode. I think that's why I kind of have or had such a strong opinion going into it. Like it it does all of the say by the bell tropes. Um, Zach versus Slater, Will She Won't She with Kelly. So they have a shared thought bubble where Screech is being disrobed. That was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> very, very funny. The, the, the shared thought bubble is is such a fun visual. Again, the use of pink and Screech's clothes are on wires and Velcro just like being flung off of him into outer space. And yes, he is about to break. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. When the, when the, final, when the final rope comes <laughs> off, he is, he is just not holding it together at all. Oh, I love that look on his face. And the girls decide to get their revenge. <laughs> they're they're going to get revenge. Yeah, Miss Wentworth has like the time to just like rap after class and help them on their their journey for revenge. So we're in Act Three, and it's it's really funny. I mean, like Kelly again, just like such a a sweet heart. Uh, all she cares about in this sweetheart. Yeah. No, 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 no. Dash, oh, okay. I'm sorry. All right. but, you okay. know, she, she, she cares about making Slater feel bad because she got brainwashed. No. Okay. She goes, <laughs> Zach Morris is, my subliminal message says <laughs> Zach Morris is a 10 and Kelly goes, two fives is more like okay. it. Well, you know what? Hey, Kelly, go fuck yourself. You wrote that down. You put that I in mean, writing. <laughs> I, I wrote this down. Notes. I mean, seriously, do they get together? At this point, I don't see it. I mean, what the fuck is wrong with did Kelly you, and Zach you, right did now? Did you type that or write it out by hand? Oh, I wrote that out by hand. That was, I mean, that I couldn't believe your... that she said that. I could, oh my God. Why would you have her say that? Why wouldn't you have like Jesse say that? Like, oh why would you God. have Kelly say that? 
Yeah. Don't okay. you think that as a writer, like, like you want to preserve this thing that they have going on? I don't know what's going on, but once you have, like, don't you think that it would be a more of a Jesse line? Like she's grown up with Zach and, um, I don't know. I just like, like where, how do you come back from that, Kelly? From two five. I mean, that is not, that is certainly, I mean, what, what she could and maybe should say is like, wow, he's playing with our minds. Like this person is, is an evil genius. And like, no, she's, you know, two fives. I think you, I think what they were doing, Mark Paul, if you want to know the, the dumb old boring answer is there's like some real tension in the, in the first season of who Kelly's going to even wind up with. And like, will she ever wind up with Zach? Um, was not like, established or written in stone until till much, much later. So, you know, they're keeping it keeping it interesting, keeping it fresh. But I can tell it hurts you. I can tell it it hurts you deeply. It hurts me deeply. I'm I'm sorry. I, just, I, I don't know what to think of Kelly at this moment. Okay. But uh, Zach Morris is a blonde Tom Cruise. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Miss Wentworth say this in an earlier episode? So it was driving me nuts. I thought so too. And I, I went back to the Lisa card and there's one Miss Wentworth scene in the Lisa card where she teaches them sex ed, and I didn't hear it. I but I like I. It's almost like a I don't know if it's like a false memory or if I just had heard this line before, so it sounded familiar. I don't know. I, I could not find her referring to Zach as that. So Zach refers to himself as a blonde Tom Cruise. Yeah, which is which is interesting because Mark Paul, did you ever um, as a kid? Do you remember ever seeing the movie Cocktail? Yeah, starring Tom of Cruise. Yeah. So. Someone on Twitter, when we had been kind of speculating about like what was cool and what hairstyle you were maybe trying to imitate, suggested you may have been trying to do like a Tom Cruise and cocktail thing with some of your hair volume. No. I don't know if that's accurate or not. No, no? I don't think it's accurate. I thought maybe on the thing where we talked about of like you guys wrote down your interests and, you know, what you what you what sports you play or what you like or whatever you know I thought maybe you were like yeah Tom Cruise like he, he's pretty cool so they no. like wrote that in for you no I think that okay. I, right. I don't think I watched Cocktail when it came out I think the 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 one Tom Cruise movie that I I was definitely a fan of was Top Gun I mean I I watched that for sure, over yeah. and over uh, so much so that I yeah. wanted to be a you know F eighteen pilot wow. I don't even think those that, were F-18s. I'm that, I don't know what they were. Please, just, we'll just cut that sure. out because I don't want to be skewered on Twitter. It's not an F-18, it's an F-35. Oh, you know, God, get... it'll, be, it'll be fine. It'll be, yeah. <sighs> You know, I you mean, know what I meant. I wanted to be, be a, a pilot of the, yeah, of the planes mean. that their wings retracted like that and they landed on an aircraft carrier. It looked really fun. I wanted to, I wanted to hang out with yeah. people like Iceman and, and Goose and things like that. Yeah, I actually saw the Hot Shots movie, which are, you know, parodies of Oh, Top yeah, Gun, that's a fun movie, before too. Before I ever saw Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Hot Shots. I think I saw the second Hot Shots before I ever saw Hot Shots 1 or Top Gun. Uh, and when I finally did see Top Gun, I was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I get all these jokes. <laughs> yeah, Top Gun for, for me was was the shit. It's cool, yeah. So yeah, Miss Wentworth is going to, like, help the girls enact their revenge, which is just, if I'm a teacher at a public school, I am, I'm sorry, guys, I'm not... I'm here to help you get into, maybe get into college, maybe. But like, I'm certainly not like enacting revenge on my students with you. That seems a fireable offense. So Miss Wentworth in the next uh, classroom scene where they, they come up with the, you know, the, uh, the scheme, um, she asks, yeah. is, does anybody have any questions? And Jesse asks if the government have ever you know, used subliminal messages mm. to control people's thoughts. That was interesting to me because later we find out that um, George W. Uh, ran an ad 
with a subliminal message. Yeah, it was a rats ad in 2000. It used the, the, it was talking about the Democratic healthcare plan, and as it it was talking about Bush's healthcare plan, and then like when the Democratic healthcare plan popped up on screen, the word you can just Google it, it's on YouTube. The word rats flashed very quickly, and they got caught using subliminal advertising in a political campaign. Something to uh, to maybe talk to Reed about if he's ever on again. But I just thought it was interesting because obviously the show is filmed in 1990, right? 89. But so were subliminal ads used by the government? I thought that that was an interesting like. She could have said, like, were subliminal ads used in music or right. uh, in School. other things, and she chose to she chose to use government. Yeah, Jesse is um again like a very shrewd, uh, smart person. Her mother has a background. We learned fighting for, in the '60s for I would imagine you know civil rights and uh, women's lib, and so maybe yeah. I mean, she she kind of is like skeptical of the government, you know, mm-hmm. in a post Vietnam post-Vietnam clarity that maybe the government isn't always telling us what we should hear. It's what we they think we need to hear. Maybe it's the theory that Breck and Meyer had where she's just an alien from the future. Well, that was, that was Kelly's an alien from the future. So you're saying they're all aliens from the future. They're all aliens. Potentially. Yeah, okay. I, I, look, I believe there. I, I tried to get Reed to come clean about aliens last week. <laughs> I believe it. And yeah, it is, uh, it is funny when the, when the music plays and Zach like, Realizes his his goose is cooked, so to speak. Uh, when when Jesse stands over him, it's partially just because she's tall and like it looks like she is towering over over you, Mark Paul. <laughs> it looks it looks truly like she could. She's asserting her physical dominance over you uh, as you sit in your seat. I wonder if it was a fun day for the background because the the, um, the twins got some lines that day, and uh, yeah, they're so adorable. I miss the twins. Yeah, the twins the twins got some lines. Yeah. They're, they they like they like um, they surround you. You get flanked by the twins. <laughs> it's really funny. I get I get surrounded by everyone. I know, but but it's like the twins come in like one from behind, one from the side, like <laughs> like a strategic maneuver. <laughs> like they, they didn't they didn't they leave you no exits. <laughs> some people's dreams. Yeah, some people's dreams. Uh, but you know, turns out to be a turns out to be a nightmare. Yeah, and then I in the next uh, in the next scene where I'm running in the hallway. Um, I'm, I start off by buttoning my shirt, and I had to rewind it, going, "Who unbuttoned my shirt?" I did. I I did that too, Mark Paul, because I did the same thing of like, did I miss it? Or it's almost as though Zach is unbuttoning his shirt as he jogs down the hall, uh, just to be a little dramatic, <laughs> and then rebuttoning it. And yeah, like I used the in the summary, I said like zombie horde. Maybe it's because we're we're coming out of spooky season here, um, but it is like. This like wall of people uh, coming after Zach, making him making him question if brainwashing is really the right thing to do. Uh, and I noticed one of the background artists is in a is in a large, a very memorable large pink shirt with a happy face from Pin to the Mat. So I wonder if she came back for this week, or if they shot these back to back. Or I'm I'm kind of curious how they she she is back in her same very large, very fun pink. Happy face shirt. I just want to go back to um, Lark putting that uh, heart medallion. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure it would have bothered me on the day, but when she put it on me, she like really messed up my my hair visor that was hmm. going on. Like it, it, like she could have kind of made it a little less like uh, it's, it's an aggressive move on the on the hair there. I'm sure I was like, hey, hey, watch the hair there. Uh, watch the Lark, hair there. You know, just yeah. uh, watch the hair there. Yeah, this thing pays um, bills. <laughs> <laughs> that time it did. Is that what you said? And then Slater too. I, th- 
uh, Slater, when he puts the uh, his heart medallion on me too at the at the button of the scene, um, he too messes with the hair visor. Yeah, so that would be the point. If one more person did it, you just say, "Don, I can't work like this." You storm off, and that's lunch. Well, the other thing is too is like there's there, there has to be continuity, right? So right. after this scene, if we shot it again, I'd probably have to go get my hair fixed. Yeah, you have to go uh, do some donuts in the parking lot with your head out the window to. To get that that windswept look. <laughs> That's right. That's right. To, pardon, you know, pardon me, folks. I need to fix my hair. <laughs> I'd have to chip away at the ozone layer with another can of hairspray. Right when he thinks Mario is, or right when he thinks Zach thinks Slater is going to like save the day, it's nope. He's in love too. So then I run to Belding's office. Yeah. Tell him to shut it down. Shut it. Please stop the madness. And of course, Belding is also under Zach's spell. And uh, you know, he confesses, and that's that. What is this thing that I do with my leg to punctuate when I say, please stop loving me? Yeah, that, that very whiny uh, exclamation. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it feels like a, um, feels a tantrum-y. Mm-hmm. You don't seem scared. You just seem like maxed out stress-wise. Like your body's just kind of given into it. Also, Ms. Wentworth, kind of like a sultry energy there in the door when you open it with like the hand up. And she kind of said like, if anyone has single... Uh, parents let me know in an earlier or single dads in an earlier scene like i feel like all these teachers are like kind of like subtly sexed up on this rewatch is something i'm i'm tapping into yeah no i see that i, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if zach and and her hooked up at one point that would surprise me but you know what anything to get a passing grade he probably like wanted to go to a, a millie vanilli show or something i i think he has a better shot with her at this point than he does with uh kelly so you know oh man i think you uh um, yeah, I think you grossly uh, misunderestimate teenagers' resilience in the romance department. So this this episode ends, and you know Zach learns his lesson, and uh, they the tape wasn't really subliminal, and it was all just a big ruse. Um, but this isn't actually the original as shot ending, and we learned uh, from Bennett that about ninety seconds of every episode had to disappear for syndication, as well as the DVDs. If you own those, they're they're not complete. Um, complete as originally aired, I mean. But so we actually, this is one where we found the 90 seconds that got removed, and it's 90 seconds from the end. So there's a, you can find it on YouTube, but there's a, there's a little scene that plays out in the max after, after the end. So for people who aren't, are too lazy to go to YouTube. Right, thank God, thank God. <laughs> and actually look at this yeah. scene. Describe it for us. So we're in the max, and it is the dance. We get to see the dance, which is even odder now that it got cut because they had to shoot the dance scene. But, you know, it's another dance at the max. And Zach is sad, and he's taking it out on Screech. And it was a big scene. It was like a big set. They, they had yeah. lots of um, uh, uh, set decorations all around. I, I think they put a lot of money yeah, in Yeah, I that. mean, that, <laughs> oh man, poor Franco in the editing room for the syndication talks, being like, we're cutting this thing? Like, it took me a week to put this together. Um, so yeah, he basically it just ends on a joke of Zach, like, ask, Sl- Slater is there with Kelly. So we get a little more progression of like, Kelly did wind up with Slater for this thing. And they offer to let Zach cut in for a dance, but haha, the dance was with Slater, not Kelly. And that's it. It's a it's a 90-second joke leading to Zach and Slater standing there. It's, you know, I, I see why it was cut. Well, I thought what was interesting is in the background, Wendell, one of the nerds, the third nerd, is um is still with his girl. Huh. That is interesting. I'm just gonna say it. Nerds are great. <laughs> I would, I would, I would not know. I'm a very cool, categorically cool dude. Uh, but nerds are really cool people, and um, I'm glad she found love and looked past uh, 
you know, what her friends might say that she's dating one of these nerds because <laughs> it's high school and they will say some shit. And before we uh, we stop this episode, when I when I paused it on on my Hulu, um, there was a uh, you know the the, the credits. Yeah, uh, obviously Carol Lawrence played Mrs. Uh, or Miss Wentworth. Miss single, not Mrs. Because yeah. no, she's no, no. looking. F- yeah, she's single. She's trying to find that well, dad. She's yeah. very available, she's ready to mingle. Um, but they also say uh, you know uh, the actor who played uh, Edgar. Poindexter, as well as Nick Reed plays Derek. Hmm. And I just want to know if anyone else uh, in our audience saw that, but who the, f- who the hell is Derek? I'm trying to think of who speaks in the episode, because wouldn't you generally be, a, be speaking if you're credited, Mark Paul? You're the, you're the actor. Yeah, but again, uh, Shonda Whipple was not credited uh, hmm. for and having her lines. Line, yep. So yeah. they did, yeah. So I, I, that theory just went right out the window. It's got to be that Jack dude. <laughs> It certainly, oh it certainly must be that that completely jacked adult man uh, who Not was probably Slater's like personal trainer, and that's the Zach tapes. And you know what's coming up next week, Mark Paul? Tell me, King of the Hill, the original pilot. We're going to watch the original pilot for Saved by the Bell next week. Ah, so it's actually it's going to make absolutely zero sense because I'm going to be substantially younger than yeah. the episodes we're watching now. It's crazy, and what's even crazier as we keep going is I think in like. I think there's an episode from season one that they don't air until I want to say season three or very late season two. And it, the, the contrast of how young you suddenly look is mind-blowing. So they, if you think it's like Looney Tunes now, it, it, it actually, <laughs> I think it's The Babysitters is like the most egregious one where it was clearly a early season one episode and aired years later. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's coming. But yeah, next week is King of the Hill. And it's also worth noting... Um, as you're listening to this on a Wednesday, the day after the U.S. election, we recorded this on a Sunday, so no clue <laughs> what kind of uh, pool we're throwing this episode into, but we hope you voted, and thanks for listening. Does that about sum it up, Mark Paul? That about sums it up, yes. All right. Well, thank you, Mark Paul. Thank you, the listener, and we'll see you next week. Zach to the Future is a production of Cadence 13. It's executive produced by Mark Paul Gosler, myself, and Chris Corcoran. Production and direction led by Terrence Malangone. Editing and mastering by Andy Jaskowitz. Engineering and production coordination by Sean Cherry. Artwork by Kurt Courtney with illustrations by Jeff McCarthy. Marketing is led by Josephina Francis with PR by Hilary Shoup. Thanks to the whole team at Cadence 13 and to you for listening.